<laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Pals Pulls. This is the Comics Pals live show where we review comic books. I am joined by Kale today. What's up, hot dogs? And of course, I am Sean. We are here to talk about some of the biggest releases this week. Um, I would say kind of a light week in terms of you know major releases, but we've got some fun stuff to talk about today uh, for sure. We've got Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise number one. Ooh, who's yeah. that one? You know, I don't know. I never, I never know the answer to that question. But I really loved, I really loved this cover. I thought it looked really cool. Um, it could be Ron Lim and Israel Silva. Could also be Dave Mack. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, we've got uh, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number one. It's a new Jason Aaron joint with many other uh, great talented artists. Uh, and the human target number nine. Um, and then the listener pick, a big surprise. This is our first time ever reading a G.I. Joe book. We got G.I. Joe 300. G.I. Joe. Yeah. Um, big celebration milestone issue. Uh, big uh, price tag on it, too. Seven bucks. But for, for a 300th issue, you know, it makes sense, I guess. Uh, say hello, please, as you uh, as you join in, if you would be so inclined. We're going to get right into those reviews in a moment. But before we do that, I want to let you know how you can support the show. If you enjoy what we do here, the best way to support us is patreon.com slash thecomicspals, where for as little as $3 a month, you can uh, get access to some really cool content of ours. And, uh, yeah, you help us out. We appreciate everyone that chooses to do that. Give us a look over there. Uh, if you want to watch us live, that's YouTube and Twitch.tv slash The Comics Pals every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Today's Wednesday, of course, because tomorrow is Thanksgiving. We thought we would give you guys the gift of Pals Pulls before you have the gift of turkey. Uh, but normally we'd be here on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Saturdays at 10.15 a.m. Eastern for the main show. Um... And everything else is at the Comics Pals. All socials, everything else, come hang out on our Discord server. Link to that in the description of anything that we do. All right, Kill, you ready to review some books here? Yeah, do you need to like take a breath after all that or anything? I'm good, man. I am good. Uh, let's let's talk about um, Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise. This, this is uh, a Trad Moore book. Uh, Trad Moore doing the writing and art here uh, with Heather Moore on colors. Clayton Cowles and Trad Moore on letters. So Trad Moore just doing uh oh, just doing oh. it all. I bet I bet he did the sound effects. Oh, most yeah. of the sound effects. Probably. Yeah. That sounds right. Got that baked into the art. So so are you a, a Trad Moore fan? Yeah, I uh I've been looking out for Trad Moore since uh Luther Strode. So I think uh I don't know if it was his first series uh but it was the first thing i saw him in uh it was an image series way back when about a guy who was just fucking insanely ripped uh mm. and he could destroy anything he punched um it was cool huh okay um well i have no familiarity with Tradmore. i don't think i can't recall a book he did silver surfer black not right. that long ago okay yeah that was yeah, that was cool. Um, what did you think of this? Uh, I'm so glad you asked. I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, the art was incredible, mm. um, and I do, uh, I do, I would like to know how the experience was on paper, 
because there were a lot of uh, points in the book where I, I was very glad I was reading digital so that I could zoom in and, and figure out what the hell was going on. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely spot even just flipping through it now, some points yeah. at which I, I had, I wish that um, I could have zoomed in. Uh, I mean, look, this is not my kind of book. Um, I don't know what actually happened in this comic. It's very kind of all over the place. Um, I didn't follow it to be, to be completely honest. Um, and Shradmore's art is so. Um, wonky, and certainly not formless, but it doesn't conform. It doesn't conform itself to the way that people or Much. things <laughs> necessarily look. Um, which is cool for you know for people who are into that, but this is not my style of comic. Yeah, it's uh, you know the style works. I think especially because it's a book that takes place in a magic place. You know, mm. so nothing is quite as it seems. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Sean Glennon asks if the art style on the cover that we have here on the uh, on the screen is the same as the interior. And the answer is absolutely yes. And, and again, like for me, you know, um, I really I really like art that's a little bit more standard, I guess. Um, Trad more is very comfortable with doing whatever the heck he wants and that's awesome um there are pages here that don't have words a lot of that a lot of the time where the words are kind of like you know it, it almost feels like they're not even necessary um yeah yeah it's just window this, dressing this yeah, the words yeah, yeah. for once <laughs> yeah. this yeah this book is definitely an artist showcase um and you know if you're into that like i think this stuff is absolutely rad um but i could not couldn't especially tell you what happened in in this at all right <laughs> doctor strange wandering through a weird magic place like um and there's a poem sometimes um it's weird but i don't know i like it yeah um uh, and again, like I'm sure if if Marco were here, I'm sure if Tyler were here, they would have a lot to say. Um, I can appreciate the fact that, and and this is probably the only thing that I genuinely liked about the book, is just the fact that Tradmore's going completely ape. Like, yeah, this is this is clearly his vision, his desire, um, and I can appreciate that. I just wish that there was something to grab onto. Like, I just, I couldn't grab on anything. This doesn't necessarily resemble to me any particular version of Doctor Strange that I know from a dialogue standpoint. I didn't feel like this was Doctor Strange. This could have been any character. Doctor Strange being here is sort of irrelevant. Um, I, I don't know why this is a Doctor Strange book other than it just is, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what to criticize, really. But I don't know how to praise it either because it's just not my thing. Um, I would pass. I would not. This if if I did not do this podcast, if 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 I didn't know that, you know, at the time I kind of figured like everyone would want to read this book and it's a new number one. Um, I wouldn't buy this book for myself. 
Um, I, I wouldn't have any interest in this. So I would pass. Um, you have to be a certain kind of person, I think, to for this to be for you. Um, and it, and I'm not that person. This is the kind of thing I would like more out of superhero comics. Mm. And not necessarily with Trad Moore, per se, but, you know, writer, artist, or relatively singular vi- visions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that tell a single story, not bound by continuity or, or whatever, you know? Right. Um, and, and, I you know the weirder the better. Well, maybe not. I'm not Marco. <laughs> yeah, I was about to I say this. how weird are you comfortable <laughs> with it getting? I mean, it's Marvel. Like, yeah. how weird could it get? <laughs> um, how did you feel about the colors of this? I think the colors really stand out. Um, you know, Tradmore. I don't know the history of Tradmore and uh, uh, Heather Moore. Oh, I wonder if they're. Their names are somehow. spelled the same way, the last name. Yeah. So it's possible they're together, maybe, or related somehow. Yeah. Um, I uh, mean, I, I thought the colors were cool. They they, they helped the book pop and stand out. Um, I, I don't... Like, okay, here's, a, here's an example of a page that I think looks fantastic. This is the page with the, the red... The red sun, red mm. moon kind of thing. Mm. Um, I don't know if you can see that there, but... Um, it just looks so vibrant, and I love how it's not quite red. Like the 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 environment is not quite red. It's almost like a pinkish sort of um, orangey. orangey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that design and that effect. Yeah, yeah. I really what really drew this to me, and I uh, sort of thinking on Tradmore's work. At least when I think of it, is this flat style of color like it's right i don't know if i don't know if it i guess i don't know enough about art to say if this is like done without flats or maybe it's just flats Mm -hmm. but there's no like you know there is shading but it's like very minimal you know it's only like where it's necessary um i re I, i like that a lot yeah um that is that is cool i I, there there's definitely stuff to like here for the right person um and clearly you're you're that person so that is cool i just uh yeah i don't know i think i am i think you're right yeah oh it's tough (laughs) i might have to might have to think about this being my pick of the week oh okay i think the struggle the struggle for me here is i don't know what the hell's going on right i i and that's the biggest thing is like i just can't speak to what happens normally on this podcast we like to dive into you know what occurred in the comic but how the heck can we do that i don't know what happened (laughs) yeah Um, Yeah, dr strange is on some kind of mission to deliver and that's all he seems to know that's all we're given like i say there's a poem sometimes but that's it yeah (laughs) yeah so i'll Let's move on. I I pass. I you you pull. I assume. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk about something that uh, was a little bit more, uh, a little easier to follow. Once upon a time at the end of the world. So this is 
Jason Aaron's first creator-owned book, I, th- I would say in a little while now. Um, he's been really deep in the Marvel stuff for a while. Um, so he's making his return uh, with some heavy, heavy hitters. Uh, this issue, he is joined by Alexander Tefengi, uh, colored by Lee Lowridge. Um, and then on pages 29 and 30, we've got Nick Dragota, who stepped in and is colored by Rico Renzi. And uh, and World Design did the letters. So, if I remember correctly, each issue of this book will actually be drawn, uh, illustrated by a different creative team, with Jason Aaron always writing. Um, This is a completely fresh story that is taking place after some kind of, you know, uh, apocalypse of some sort. Um, It's like a wasteland of garbage. And uh, mm-hmm. these two young people find each other, and they are on an adventure. And who knows what that is or where it's going to lead to? Um, I I found a lot to like here. It's a little bit, um, I guess, for lack of a better term, is it's a little bit predictable, and it's a little bit sort of obvious and transparent about what it is. Um, it's painfully straightforward, but that doesn't have to be bad. Like, for a first issue, if you're going to be straightforward, as long as it goes somewhere, that's okay. Um, mm. What do you think? It doesn't have to be bad, but it doesn't work for me either. Okay. I yeah, I think I, I kind of felt actually similar to you with Doctor Strange. I just didn't particularly feel like there was much to hang on to here. Hmm. Um, we don't know the world. I don't pretend we spend time with I guess we spend the most time with Mace. Yeah. Uh but I didn't particularly care about him. Yeah. Um I think I think you're right in that knowing knowing what happened or having any kind of inkling as to what happened um would help. But these two characters are just not the most dynamic. Um, you know, they're they're both loners by choice or by, you know, circumstance who are opening themselves up for the first time in a long time to human contact. Um, yeah. And that's interesting. But again, the characters aren't so compelling that you're hanging on every line of dialogue or you're like, gosh, I really wish that, you know, they'd open up to each other more or anything like that. They're kind of, they're kind of just there. Um, It's, I don't know. It's not, it's not exciting. It's not an exciting comic book. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's an interesting, but sort of safe choice. Yep. To, um, not choose one of these characters as a POV. Hmm. Um, and I say interesting in that it's interesting that he did that instead of giving us a window into the world through one character. Right. Yeah, because I think I think Aaron wanted to establish them both right out of the gate. Um, yeah. Which I think you could still do while having a yeah. clear POV. Um but so much of it is spent exploring 
um mace maces is it mace the well it's it's mace at the end the dude mace like yeah mace maceo yeah or something yeah um we spent so much time exploring mace's home and it's pretty clear that like they're not going to spend any time there or well, at least and, not much and even and even in the first couple of pages when uh mezzi yeah yeah is rowing her rowing her canoe she says that you know she wanted to make it past the tower but the tower has literally no significance other than mace lives there right they made it seem as if that was some type of ominous thing like that that was a big yeah. deal but it's not um and in fact nothing's a big deal and it's not even yeah. a situation where like these yeah. I, I i'm actually souring on this book as we talk about it it's not a situation <laughs> where these characters are having such an amazing time um inside of mace's home mace has yeah. built a place where he can have fun and he can sort of you know busy himself because everyone he knows is gone and that's cool but so what you know well, and, like, it would be interesting if Mezzi was into that. Right. You know, and then they were, like, forced to leave or something. Right. You know, but she's like, oh, no, this sucks. You're dumb. I'm out of here. Like, what's the, what's the, um, I guess the inciting incident would be the crab or whatever. Um, not uh, dinging the, the boat, forcing Mezzi and uh, oh, Mace yeah. to meet. Yeah. But that's not like interesting. Pure coincidence, right? Like, yeah. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing here that screamed to me. You have to see what happens next. I like the NTs, um, which is like a future, a flash forward. Yeah, that uh -huh. was really uh -huh. cool. I I yep. wish that was the first page of this comic book. Yep. Yeah, and the, and you said the. Uh, uh, you know, each issue is a different creative team. Okay, that's interesting, especially with the the cliffhanger or whatever. But yeah, just like uh, it's like you said, my 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 uh, my screenwriting professor's motto is "Why now? Mm -hmm. Why today?" Mm -hmm. And I I'm not getting that from this at all. Yeah, yeah. I I just I don't know. I think. I think that there are some interesting kernels here, especially at the very, very end, that last tease. And I guess that's the part that's um, that's by Nick Nick Dragota and Rico Renzi, yeah. and that's the handoff. Yeah. Um, which again, best uh, part of the book. So the next the next issue will probably be by that. I I I can only assume. That's just my assumption. I don't I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, okay. okay. But if that's if that's how they're going to handle it, I think that's actually pretty interesting. That's that's interesting. Um but again, it's like post-apocalyptic stuff is supposed to in my mind be like, okay, part of this is you're wondering how the heck we got here. But the other part of it is the immediacy of the threat of this new world. You know, or the barrenness of this new world and the fear of that. You know, there's something that's scary or or horrifying, or or um, dangerous, and that doesn't feel like it's the case here. So who cares? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I hate to be so negative, but um, but there's not much here. Yeah, 
it's like uh, why make it an apocalypse if it's just the world right or yeah or if or if there's not going to be something different about the world in a way that meaningfully impacts the story the characters from yeah. the get-go that's the that's the problem you read the first issue of the walking dead what do you see walking mm-hmm. dead you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. it's right there it's right there you don't have to wonder what this book is about i do not know what this book is about i know what that the stakes here right yeah. exactly exactly so other, um yeah i other than just you know common survival i guess like right exactly which is a that's a part of something interesting yeah but it needs heat and right now it didn't have any and i I don't think that I I don't think that I would want to come back for more of this unless I find out down the line like man it really turns around. I can't yeah. see that happening, at least not for me, but that last it, that last two-page tease was just like I wish this is what I was reading. So yeah, I would say if we were to this uh, this generally is a pass for me. This yeah. isn't a a set of creatives that I look out for generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but having read it, I guess, and and now knowing sort of generally what is coming ahead, if we were to read this for the show, I would at least give it the second issue. All right. We'll see. I'm going to look at the solicit, and I'm going to look yeah. at the preview. If I see <laughs> that in the preview they're showing that future world, um, then I will, if that, the flash forward becomes our, our POV, then yeah, sure. Um, but if not, I don't think, I think I, there's a pass for now and it might just yeah. be a pass for later. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So two books that didn't hit me, no home runs yet. For me, this next book knocked it out of the park. We're talking about human target number nine. Okay. Let's go. Yes. Now I, this was my pick of the week. I really, really loved this. Mine as well. Okay. All right. Because you, you were on that Doctor Strange train for a little minute there. And it's like I said, yeah, I was for a minute, but it's the it was the 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 really not knowing that, that killed that for me. Yeah. Here it's painfully clear what's going on. We are we are almost neck deep in this story at this point. We've only got um, a few more issues to go. It ends issue 12. Um, <laughs> this book opens with Christopher Chance just dying. <laughs> like, he just, yeah. he just died. Yeah. And Ice <laughs> finds a way, or, you know, she uses her powers to kind of, like, slow that process, I guess, long enough to get medical attention. Um, that's how I read it. Okay. That makes as much sense as anything else. Yeah. And then they decide to go for a road trip. Ice and Ice and uh, Christopher Chance, and they have some some interesting conversations. I think this book has uh, some really great moments. Christopher Chance sort of reflecting on what death is, um, and he he's he has a interesting perspective on it as a guy who sort of his job is to die, or at least to to pretend to die. You know, to die for mm. someone else. Constant. To take the bullet. To take yeah. Exactly. To take the bullet. To be the, well, the human target. <laughs> um, 
What do you think about the origin? We got we got an origin for his for his name here. Would you how'd you feel about that? It's fine. <laughs> it makes yeah, makes sense. It's fine. It seems seems a little silly, but I mean, you know, yeah, it's fine. Where do they train you to do that? <laughs> you know, like where do they train you to to die for other people? Army. Hmm. Yeah. Just just army stuff. So, yeah, because Ice asks, how do you get the human target? And then he says, it was a joke with the guys who did my training with me. What training did you do? <laughs> you know, what training are you just referring army. to? Army. He won some medals at army. <laughs> well, fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so really good dialogue there. But the, the specter of this issue, the shadow uh, over this issue is Batman. You know, if you see, if you can see the cover, you can see that Christopher Chance is in the shadow of Batman, and that is what this issue is about. That's the brilliance of this comic book. This is the best issue of Human Target, I think, yet for me. Last week, or whenever we last, yeah, last week, uh, when I I talked about this for my pals poll, I said that I was excited to see how Tom King would use Batman. Outside of a Batman comic. We saw that a little bit in Strange Adventures, I think. But how would it happen here? The answer is he used him by never showing him. Yep. Absolutely brilliant. Yep. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see sort of what, I guess, like, to get, like, a glimpse of what the criminal element would think about batman sure um especially especially with like christopher chance who's not like technically a criminal i mean he did murder guy but you know like you know he's not other than that major factor He's not, you know, he's not normally a criminal. Like, right. normally he wouldn't sweat Batman. And he and he seems to know how Batman even operates. Or he has an idea of how Batman operates. So, like, he's he's clearly normally not, like, afraid of him. Because there's nothing to be afraid of. Uh-huh. If... Someone kills a member of the Justice League. I would argue that Batman is probably the the, the one to be the most fearful of coming uh-huh. for you. If you're trying to hide from that fact. Because what can you do to stop him from learning what you did? And and in this comic, Christopher Chance, in, in the background, you know, in his thoughts, is going through every possible scenario. Batman knows... I'm here. He can listen. He's flying over us. He's he's following us. And to the point where he thinks Batman's a random guy in a diner because we know yeah. that Batman will wear a disguise. We know about matches Malone, you know? And the and the thing is like it makes you question everyone else too. Like right. I I there were there was a point where I was like, oh, "Okay, if he's not the guy in the diner, he must be the old lady." Right. And then they were driving away and I was like, "Is he ice?" Like, is Batman <laughs> How do you pull that one off? It was a yeah. tall order. But then he's not there at all, and he never was. Yeah. And and in yeah. his absence, right, 
Batman has an amazing cameo, if you will. I say cameo in quotation marks. But also drives the story to a place where we're on our way to the conclusion. Because now Human Target knows there's something really wrong. Because if Batman's not after him, then Guy Gardner's not dead. They have That has to be the case. Or... I mean, Batman might just not give a shit. I mean, he's got a pretty pretty storied history with Guy Gardner. Fair enough. But But you're right. (laughs) Like, if a Justice League member dies, Batman's the one. You know? Mm -hmm. Superman Superman will find you if you're findable. Like, if, uh, you know, I don't know, if uh, Metallo... And you're gonna. Right. Yeah. If Metallo got a kill... You're gonna be findable. Yeah. If Superman will find you. But... If you're on the run, if you're if you're hidden, Batman's the guy. And and when you said that, you said that just a minute ago, and it took me to Identity Crisis. Mm. And you go through that whole book, and it's all about these minor characters. Yeah. Batman's like lurking in the background, and he 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 he's the one that goes, "Oh no." <laughs> So this was this was awesome to me. This was yeah. uh, again like Human Target has been phenomenal throughout. It's gotten even better. Think about mm-hmm. think about what you thought like uh, around issue seven, let's say, of Strange Adventures. We were coming around, like we were st- we were starting to turn, yeah. but this has been all cylinders the whole time. And man. I only started Human Target on uh, at the halfway point. <laughs> Wait, so you, but you've read the other ones. You've, no, I haven't. <laughs> I still haven't. I uh, I I the uh, I need to go pick up the trade. That's that's what oh, I've been okay. waiting yeah, for. Yeah. Um. But uh, I read uh, uh, issue eight before this with uh, uh, Rocket Red, and I just man, that was good. What a great issue. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. I I was having a conversation with uh, Murphy about like innovation in comics mm. lately, and like what that could look like. And I think at DC, it might be stuff like this. Like Tom King's voice isn't, I think, wholly original, but I think what he's doing with characters right now is he's finding. He's finding unique ways to tell stories. Even yeah. um, Batman Killing Time had a unique storytelling convention. Uh, when you look at stuff like Rorschach, like the way he's telling the stories is in- is interesting. Sometimes more than you know the dialogue or some of the some of those yeah. kinds of choices. Yeah. I agree with that. But I would also say that Human Target does have great dialogue, and I think part of yeah, that. Absolutely. Part of that is the fact that he's allowed to do whatever he wants. Who the heck cares about Christopher Chance? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Batman, you can't do that. Yeah, and well, and Chance has such a unique voice. Yeah, too. Like it just like it drips off the page. You know this guy. You're in his head, and it's him. Like you know who this guy is, mm-hmm. and it's it feels so well crafted. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, this is brilliant stuff. Uh, the art's also really great. Uh, Greg Smallwood hasn't missed. Um, if you didn't 
if you didn't hear our uh, interview with Tom King, one of the things that he said was that working with Greg Smallwood on this was the only reason he took the book seriously. Yeah. He was never, this was never supposed to happen. This was a joke. Um, Wild. That there would be a human target book. Someone made a joke about that. And uh, it might have even been a, a Tom King joke. But then an editor hit him up and was like, hey, you want to, do you want to really do that? He was like, what do you mean? A, sh- a human target. And then he said, well, we got Greg Smallwood. And then he said, all right, well, let's get it then. And there's <laughs> never been a moment where Greg Smallwood hasn't come across as a superstar. Yeah. All throughout. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is incredible. Yeah. Just phenomenal. Phenomenal work across the board. Um, and I also wanted to shout out Clayton Cowles um, on this too, because Clayton Cowles has been doing a phenomenal job with the lettering. Um, I, there are some some moments that I really love, like for example, in this um, nine panel grid, uh, it's just a simple conversation between Ice and Christopher Chance. But what I really love from a lettering standpoint is the way that the word balloons travel between. The uh, panels in that middle of the nine-panel grid—it's such a good—it's such a good uh, convention because they're not on—they're not in those panels, you know. You can, like the, the the beginning of the balloon of the balloon train, um, or I guess the end of it rather, um, starts with them not on the panel, and then it moves towards them, and it keeps the trail through the gutters, and I really love that. Um, this is just a nice little touch on the part of um, it's, yeah. It's such good comics too because that's like the passing of time and space as well. Right, exactly. Which is why that's you use so them good. Yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. Brilliant, easy pull, book of the week on a week that left me pretty unimpressed. Otherwise, this was a huge standout. When did Human Target start? Last year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, actually, of last year. Uh, well, let me think about that because it took a hiatus throughout yeah. this summer, but it yeah. only had it, the hiatus happened at issue six, so it's possible that it started this year. But it would have been very early in the year, so either early this year, or late last year, I would say. I might go as far as to say this could be book of the year. My man, you haven't even read the first five. Listen, I feel that strongly about it. I really like this book. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Whenever we get to doing our end of the year picks, this will be very up yeah. there for me. Will it be over by? Uh, no, not quite. There's still. No. I would imagine one three, issue to go. Three this, issues to yeah, go. Yeah. One this year, and then it would close out next year. So yeah. Well, we've got one book left, uh, and that is the listener pick this week. Our very first G.I. Joe comic. This is G.I. Joe number 300. Uh, G.I. Joe is a real American hero. I should point that out. Um, Interesting. Yes, worth knowing. Uh, written by Larry Hama. Art by S.L. Gallant. Inks by Maria Keane. Colors by Jay Brown. Letters by Neil Utaki. Utaki? Um, something like that. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. Um, okay. Now, I have to say up front. I have 0.0 familiarity with G.I. Joe. Never watched watched the shows. Didn't see the movies. Never read the comic. The extent of my G.I. Joe knowledge is an episode we did about four years ago. 
yep. where we talked about Aubrey Sitterson. That's the yep. only thing I know about G.I. Joe. Did you get into the memes, uh, the G.I. Joe memes, way, way back in the day, early YouTube? Nope. Uh, not at all. Nope. Oh, man. That makes me wish Tyler was here so bad because I'm definitely going to talk about it. I'm going to say this, too. I, and this is embarrassing, but I, I don't even know if G.I. Joe appeared in this comic book. I don't know who G.I. Joe is. It, you, now you say that? I'm not sure I do either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I did see the movie, the first one. Um, I think Channing Tatum was in that one. Yeah, that sounds right. I did see that. Um, and other than the early YouTube memes, like... That's the extent of my knowledge. I know Snake Eyes because he's cool. Right. But I didn't know Tom Selleck was a uh, a G.I. Joe. I don't even know who that is. Oh, he's an actor, right? Uh, yeah, he's yeah. in uh, 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 not Starsky and Hutch, not Knight Rider. Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> mm, no. No, I'm just memeing. All right, well, the book, the premise of the book is they are, and by they... Smokey and the Bandit. Okay. I guess this is Cobra. That's the enemy team, right, of, of yep. G.I. Joe. I guess it's Cobra. Yep. They're, they've cloned, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes, thank you. They cloned Snake Eyes, and he's not who they think he's going to be. Genghis Khan is here, or resurrected Genghis Khan. That's completely... Uh, off the wall, um, and there I is thought, yeah. I read that as a shot at the other guy's technique. Oh, you're he's as much snake eyes as I'm Genghis Khan, right? <laughs> like, but isn't he? Is he not really that? I, is he? I think I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty weird. <laughs> um. This felt like. Whenever you are a kid and you are playing with all your action figures and you just want them to fight. Now, we're reading issue 300. Yeah. I have no idea what happened in 299. But so it's yeah. even worse. It's like going to someone else's house <laughs> and using their action figures to fight. And you have no idea what's going on. Moreover, it's like going to someone else's house and they're forcing you to play whatever narrative they've been involved in, and you have to mm -hmm. join that with no prior knowledge of what's been happening. And they also live in a different neighborhood. Right. And they also cost six ninety nine to be able to start playing. Um, Fuck. Yeah, so there's a lot of like action. This is very, very action-heavy. But this is one of the most hollow books I've ever read. Um, it's all acronyms. It's guns. It's... Yeah, code names like even the even the the sound effects is the most generic rat rat at at is the sound effect rat, for rat, a shooting rat, 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 rat. Yep. yeah like just completely generic the sound yep. you would make if you were just a kid pretending to shoot a machine gun um or the the sound uh loud rappers make <laughs> wow can you do that again <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't know what it is. I've heard kids do that. I'm gonna need Tyler to clip that. Um, I I don't even. That's not even the right. Uh, <laughs> is it not? <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. This was. This wasn't good. I don't think this. It didn't even say anything particularly meaningful about GI Joe to me that I could tell. Um. You would think that an issue 300 would have like some really interesting and meaningful thoughts to share or like a poignant moment. And maybe a, a more um, knowledgeable G.I. Joe reader could tell me that the reunion between these two people who I have no context for, for example, is so amazing because they haven't seen each other in 10 years and it's this really deep moment. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Um, but... As far as what I was able to get out of this, this was the most run of the mill. Like, it's exactly what you would think G.I. Joe would be, and absolutely nothing more than that. Yeah. My, okay, so my guess, and this is with zero, this is with two G.I. Joe knowledge. <laughs> my guess is that. The people who actually end up, uh, you know, in that reunion page or whatever on the boat. Yeah. My guess is that they're sort of original G.I. Joe mm. characters. Okay. Because I think the lady with the red hair here is Scarlet. Now, she was in the movie. Okay. And then the guy, the blonde guy next to her, that's Snake Eyes. He took off his mask. Okay. That's as far as I can. They talk about how, you know, they 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 have this deep relationship and uh Snake Eyes and this uh ninja this other ninja guy and then Tom Selleck and the other guy with the gun, they're all they're a deep team and they're gonna go save Snake Eyes. I could be wildly off about all of that. So 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 my thinking is Maybe this is the original team, you know. Uh, Maybe this is the reunion. Okay, all right. I listen. Don't yeah. Don't all right. Don't make me swear on that. Like, it, I mean that that makes that makes as much sense as anything else. It makes more sense than what I thought because I have no idea what the heck I thought about this. Other than that, I just I don't I don't know how anyone reads this <laughs> I mean, I it's know. i mean <laughs> we were asked to come in on issue issue 300 yeah so we knew what we were walking into uh didn't i i feel like i just heard that image now has the rights to gi joe and transformers that sounds accurate because i know that they lost the rights i believe that they were picked up by image yeah i would be in semi interested to start there. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, agree. Be, because I mean even even you know if this is even still the same book that we reported on 4 years ago like how the hell I know right. <laughs> At the time the argument was that the book was too um was too diverse and uh well it appears that those people won <laughs> because there's not a <laughs> 
not a lot going on in in that regard. And 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 that's fine. I don't care about that as much. I'm just worried about the fact that I don't know why I spent seven dollars on this. Um, we should put a we should put a limit on the amount of money the listener pick can cost. Can't be yeah. a seven dollar comic, okay? <laughs> Jesus, pass. Um, yeah, oh, hard pass. Hard pass unless you're a GI <laughs> Joe fan, I guess. Yeah. So in the back of the book, there's a a, a stop the bleed GI Joe thing. Now, uh, what I do know is, um, back in the day on the old cartoon. They used to have stuff like this, you know, sort of G.I. Joe um, uh, 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 PSAs. If you're if your smoke alarm goes off and you see smoke, you got to get out of the house. Mm. G.I. Joe. <laughs> so in the, you know, early days of YouTube, uh, someone someone put together these G.I. Joe PSAs and they uh uh, uh so they would do the thing you know the the uh, somebody would be burning something on the stove and the smoke detector would be going off and gi joe would break in and ask and you go oh my god you're so fucking dead oh, i can't <laughs> believe we're gonna fucking die this house is gonna burn down and we're gonna be in it oh my god and it was the funniest thing <laughs> 2005 had to offer wow and well, that's all I can think about reading that. So, 2005, 95, 85, I definitely feel like this is a relic. And um if you are into GI Joe, hats off. You're you're a uh, a real American hero. To all oh. <laughs> I should have just, just let you have that. I knew where you were going. <laughs> that's on me. So that's it for the reviews. But we have one more thing to get to. Well, two more things, technically. Because I was tagged last week to read something that's been at the top of my to-read pile since August. That is none other than Batman One Bad Day, The Riddler Number 1. It's, of course, by uh, Tom. Finally. Yes, Tom King, Mitch Gerrids. Uh, and this is supposed to be the prototype of the one bad day books. This is the this is the one that everyone every other one has to live up to. This is the one that everyone's raved about and I am the last person on earth to read it. My now thoughts we can all die. die. Exactly. We can die with the knowledge that I have read this and uh that I liked it. Um I liked it. I thought it was strong. It's it's a definitely a deep dive into the Riddler in a way that I don't think we've really seen before. Um, it adds a lot of wrinkles to his character that were unknown to me, like that his dad was this headmaster at a you know, very prestigious school, and he was abusive. That moment where he's um, abusing uh, a young Edward is very uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable. Um, not to say that comics can't show things like that or whatever but i was oof man that was i read comics where people get blown up and stabbed and i mean gi joe had a girl get exploded did you catch that that woman uh the one who was trying to come after them when they were in the plane and they just shot her down and she died oh yeah 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 she was a robot though so oh okay yeah well who cares then? i think um 
the moment of Riddler being abused as a child was worse than all the things that I've seen um, in comics of late. This week, anyway. <clears throat> Certainly. Um, I felt like it was too long. I think that there were things uh, things in it that... Oh, hello, Miss Snowden. Thank you. Appreciate you. Hope you're having a good night as well. Um, yeah, there were definitely too many things going on for me. Like... There's the part where they're showing, you know, someone um, they're showing the guy who killed himself in in the in Arkham and his plan to get a movie shown <laughs> at Cannes or whatever. That was funny, but I don't think it was necessary. Um, I feel like that could have been cut. This was 60, what, 68 pages, 68 pages. Yeah. All of these books are like that. Yeah. Yeah. This one I felt the length of, um, yeah. for sure. And then uh, I, I just this was a this was a dark, dark take on the Riddler, man. Mm. Dark, dark take on the Riddler. But I appreciated the ending a lot. I think the ending was was the best part for me. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um. So Batman speaking to Riddler's father that was a great scene. Um, and then Batman pulling up on Riddler, like, yeah, I'm not playing this game with you anymore. I didn't like that Riddler decided, all right, I'm just going to kill anyone that I want and no one's going to stop me. And that everybody was cool with that. I don't believe that the Riddler's a man. I get why Batman wouldn't kill him. I get why Jim Gordon wouldn't kill him. But the idea that the mob that he would kill the wives of all the the, the heads of the crime lords and they'd just be like, yeah, not only are we giving him what he wants, but we're gonna help him get what he wants and we're gonna not kill him. Sorry, Tom yeah. King. Yeah, nope. that was as I recall, that was my big problem with it too. Is like, again, we are talking about the Riddler, like. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, but uh, up to that point, and even like Batman, you know, pulling up to him, like you said, was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, um, I just, that wasn't, I didn't love that. But I thought everything else was great. How do you feel now uh, with the context of that was the first one? How do you feel the others hold up to that? Okay, I'm glad you asked because I wanted to discuss that and I wanted to discuss whether I think even the first one lives up to the one bad day concept. Um, I think it does if we accept that we're not talking about one – we're not talking about that living through that character's one bad day in the moment because that's definitely not the case here. In my mind, Riddler's one bad day is the thing that changes him, which is killing the teacher. Yeah. Okay. So we see that. Uh-huh. But, the, uh-huh. but the book is not about his one bad day. The book is about his change. The same way that all the other ones are not about that character's one bad day. And in some instances... Sorry, his- his change into the Riddler has changed from a goofy fun loving riddle guy 
To a murder. To, to a, you know. Right, okay, right, yeah. So I don't think any of them thus far have truly lived up to the one bad day idea. Um, and, and I don't think that this one does it any better or worse than, like, Mr. Freeze, for example. Um, what's Mr. Mm. Freeze's one bad day? The day his wife died, right? Mm. We see that. Like, it's that stuff's there, but that's not what the book is all... Like, that's not the, the present moment problem, if you yeah. will. So, um, for me, I think it's... I think I like Mr. Freeze more. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was very good. So far I'm going mm-hmm. I'm going Mr. Freeze, Riddler, Penguin, Two-Face. Mm. That's that what I'm at. I, th- I think I would switch Riddler and and Mr. Freeze. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh yeah, for me the Riddler makes the most sense as like the uh the best one because I think it sort of follows the format of the killing joke in that you know you sort sure, of this sure. that that was sort of where we see the the definitive quote-unquote origin of the joker and we see like his bad day that turned him into the joker and then we sort of see him you know in the now or whatever take that extra step into you know really messing with batman yeah yeah um and I don't think – I think the Rid, the Riddler one bad day does that, but I don't think the rest do. Hmm. Yeah, because even the Penguin one is not even – it's not about his relationship to Batman at all. At all. Um, Two-Face one is – well, it sort of is. I don't know. I, I, I kind of just wish that they had marketed these as – Hey, this is a really iconic character, and we're going to put a great creative team together to tell a story about them. You know, and that's it. Yeah. Um, but, but again, very good. Very, very good. Uh, so this gives me, this gives me tag power. Um, I really want to, I want to pick on Marco. That's what I feel like doing. Okay. So what yeah, I want to, I want him, hit him, hit him hard, and you know why. I do know why, um, and I think I – you tell me, Kale. You you tell me because you've done me dirty in the past. So you tell me, okay. is this dirty enough? I want Marco to read and report back on Ultimates 3. Whoa. <laughs> make sure – I'm just going to – Make sure I'm uh, actually thinking of the right that's thing. That's Jeff Loeb, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Incest. Yeah, it, sh- it sure is. <laughs> now, should we do that or should we do Ultimatum? Because Ultimatum was Ulti- awful. Ultimatum is the one. That's the one where he's like mourning his yes. child, right? Yes. Now, give him the give him the uh, the senseless schlock. Ultimates 3. I think that'll be worse. All right. So Marco will be reading Ultimates 3, I guess, like the first two issues. Um, and he'll report back on them next week. Hey, Marco, have fun. <laughs> you know why. You have know what fun. you did. I hope you have a blast. 
Uh, let's get into Pals Polls. You and I, Kale, both chose Justice Society of America number one. Ooh, yeah, baby. Jeff Johns uh, and the Justice Society, like, this is a golden age coming home. Mm-hmm. Um, Justice Society is, like, top three team for me. Um, and it's even better that Jeff Johns is coming back, especially in his, like, I don't know, his, his, is it, it's weird to say his renaissance. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of feeling that for Jeff Johns right now, though. Yeah. The, the sweetener on this cake, the cherry on top is Michael Janet on the art. Mm. And ooh, baby, I think that's going to be good. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I am I am excited. Um I don't know Jack about the JSA really. These characters aren't my characters, but I love me some Jeff Johns and Mikhail Janin is is phenomenal as well. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, oh, we man, both chose finally this. Gonna, yeah. Finally going to get your Wildcat education. Oh god. All right. Uh, and then you also chose Star <laughs> Trek number 2. Ooh, yeah. This is um I mean, it's a Star Trek renaissance, too. Um, I forget. Jackson Irving? No. Uh, I don't remember the creative team. This is the continuation of uh, Deep Space Nine that uh, is bringing back Benjamin Sisko um, into the continuity. It's just, you know, it's getting back into what the hell is going on. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Yeah. Um, the last issue was cool. We uh, uh, got to meet a bunch of uh, old uh, uh, crew crew members from all over the the dang uh, uh, Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sc- Scotty from the original series is on the ship for some reason he's like hundreds of years old for some reason um, and i think i think wharf is going to be in this issue oh that yeah. I like uh, yeah um and i'm really looking for it not that i dislike this in the first issue but i'm really looking forward to not having to go through like the exposition mm-hmm. of the last one mm-hmm. it's it's room for all story, baby. Let's go. I agree. Um, I enjoyed the first one, and I will definitely be picking this up. So, cool. Uh, and then I chose – I went a little different um, with uh, my other pick. Uh, Saga of a Doomed Universe, number one. Now, this is a strange choice uh, for me. But I loved the the look and feel of it. So this book is supposed to be kind of a love letter, homage to event comic books. Um, and the idea is that this uh, this main character, this hero, um, he's sort of like the last hero on Earth. Um, everyone else has died. And he has to try to be the, the hero that Earth needs. And he's going to do whatever it takes to be that even if it means destroying the universe. Um, 
So I'm pretty into this. Um, it's by uh, Scott Reed, who I don't know, but I love the colors or the covers that they that they have. There's several variants. They're all homages to different events, different like you know uh, iconic moments in comics, and uh, it's pretty it's it's pretty interesting. So I'm gonna give this a, a, a pull next week. Um, I'm curious. Uh, it, it, I'm not sure if it's, I, I don't know enough about, uh, Scott Reed to know if this is up my alley or not, but we'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. Oh yeah. These, these covers rule. Holy yeah, cow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's from a uh, comics experience, which I, I don't think I've ever heard of. So comics experience is a, uh, class. A, it's a comic school. Uh, I took it oh. in 2010, um, and they, I guess, now have a publishing arm, and they are putting this out through there. CEX Publishing. Yeah. So, pretty cool. Well, it um, seems like they've actually got a lot coming, Yeah, just based on uh, Forbidden Planet's website. Mm. So, that's going to do it for us. Uh, that's Pals Pulls. Let us know. What you want to see us reading next week. If there's a listener, if there's a pick that you want to be the listener pick, uh, feel free to send that our way. We will absolutely um, read it for you guys uh, if we choose it. Unless it costs $7. <sighs> yeah, you guys uh, you guys didn't do us any favors on this one. And then when it when it comes out and the G.I. Joe fans get mad because oh, they, we didn't they like it. for us. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm going to This isn't going to be like... This ain't going to be like when we tried Spawn with, without you and I. No. Oh. You remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're going to come for us. Mm-hmm. They're going to come for us. Well, bring it on. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Make sure that you guys uh, are following, listen, uh, subscribing, liking. All that stuff helps us out a ton. Costs you nothing to do. Listen to our main show every single Saturday live at 10.15 a.m. Uh, and this show is normally on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Go enjoy that turkey or chicken or whatever it is that you enjoy on Thanksgiving. Um, thanks for listening. And until next time, we're the Comic Spouse saying, take care. Guys. See you next week.